tonight. Hopefully you guys are ready to talk football tonight. Brian Tarvin, your esteemed host, will be there with us very shortly. Thanks, you guys, for already being in the chat room. So let's start off right now um, with some Major League Baseball action. The Boston Red Sox are two and a half games in the American League East, so the question really is for the East, a lot of folks thought this was going to be the Baltimore or the Yankees or even the Rays, but the, here it is, Boston, up two and a half games over the Rays right now. And I'm wondering, you know, as we watch the Rays play tonight, uh, struggling against Clayton Kershaw, and they've had a tough time with the Dodgers blowing a six-run lead last night, is can the Rays sustain uh, any momentum going against these Red Sox going down the stretch? One of the, the best, best-kept best secrets in baseball, all the steroid talk of, the, of these pennant races going on, and the AL East is definitely one of the best. If you have any opinions on us, give us a call. You know, you guys know the call-in number. It is, of course, 646-716-5564. Give me a call. Let's chat until Tarvin can join us. Again, 646-716-5564. And, guys, just going right back into baseball, you know, we've seen Miguel Cabrera win the Triple Crown in the Central we know that, you know, Crush Davis is leading the AL in home runs, but it's Miguel Cabrera who has been doing it over and over again, and he's been doing it in clutch situations. Uh, tonight they got to Mariano Rivera in the ninth, but were not able to win the game. Again, Miguel Cabrera with another home run in the ninth. Uh, this guy has just been mashing, and if it wasn't for Davis, and if he cooled down at all, I mean, Miguel Cabrera has a shot to take over and home run title and maybe even get to the triple crown again. So, Tarvin, what do you think, buddy? Well, I'm back. Sorry, I'm, I'm a couple minutes late. Thanks for taking over, Trey. Great job. I don't know what you're talking about, but I did hear Mariano Rivera. Yeah, I'm just talking about, uh, you know, can Miguel Cabrera, you know, when we saw him take Rivera deep again, can he um, overtake Davis, and can he win another triple crown? Well, if anybody can do it, Miguel Cabrera has. Chris Davis is really a flash in the pan, but if you want consistency out of a player, especially home runs, RBIs, it's Miguel Cabrera. I mean, you take the best in the game deep like that, I mean, you are the best. So Miguel Cabrera is the best player in baseball right now, and I think he can. Willie, I don't know. I mean, Davis, do you think he's going to continue his streak? He's slowed down since the All-Star break. 
Yeah, it's almost it's almost as if uh, that I predicted he would slow down, and you know, he may not hit the exact number of home runs I predicted, but I don't think he's going to be much over that. Harvin, I predicted forty-eight, and I predicted that well, well, long time ago, and he's at forty-two or forty-three, I believe. But you know, I mean, this guy, I think he's going to slow down. I think you're seeing that already. Uh, I think he's going to hit he's going to hit the wall, Tarpon. You know, the, the answer, the question, the answer is: Is Cam Miguelberry overtaking? Probably. Uh, but but you know he's got a long way to go still. Well, Miguel Cabrera is the kind of player Trey. He's going to hit five in a week. I mean, he can do that pace for a while. And I, I love Miguel Cabrera. But one thing about Miguel Trey, how healthy is he, and, and how healthy does he have to be to to take over? You know, Davis, and that's that's the big question right now. The Detroit Tigers really need this guy healthy, Trey, because Verlander hasn't been pitching great. And seems like the only consistency on this Detroit Tigers team that's in first place is Miguel Cabrera. So I think if he does it, I think Detroit actually does well to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean Detroit's looking good. Uh, obviously, I think I don't think anybody's overtaking them. But Carbon, you know, this is going to come down to another crazy wild card. Uh, right now, Tampa, Oakland are your wild card leaders. Baltimore is only a game and a half back. Oddly enough, Cleveland and Kansas City four and a half or four and four and a half back respectively. Tarman, can we see something crazy with another team from the Central getting in here? Or is this going to be Tampa, Oakland, Baltimore down the stretch? I don't see anything crazy happening right there, especially out of the Central. I think it's Detroit. I don't think Cleveland's going to get there, honestly. I don't. Kansas City, no. I just don't think they have what it takes to – it's different when you're playing baseball at the end of the season, Trey, in that last month. The pressure that's on these teams and the teams that do the best are the teams that's been there and done that before. You saw the Atlanta Braves last year just crumble right in front of our eyes, and I don't think Kansas City has what it takes. I don't think it's going to be much surprise. But one thing that is surprising is Texas, actually with a game lead right now over Oakland. I mean, Texas has won nine out of their last ten, and they do hold a seven-game winning streak, Trey. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I predicted Texas was going to win this division a long time ago, um, and you know, the Oakland was something that I think some of you guys predicted. That's something they still surprised me how, how well they're playing still. But I see them ha- having a lot of trouble down the stretch. We'll see what Texas can do now that they got Rios to replace the suspended uh, Cruz. But you know, looking at the NL Tarvin as well, you know, Cincinnati and St. Louis are neck and neck. One of those two teams, it seems like, are going to win the division. The other one's going to win the wild card. But the other wild card right now probably is Arizona. Does that surprise you? Uh, I don't I don't think Arizona's going to make a – well, there is two. You're right. It, it's, it doesn't surprise me. I think – I can't remember. I think I had the Diamondbacks maybe or the Dodgers winning this division. I can't remember. That was a long time ago. But, no, it doesn't surprise me, but – Name me five players on Arizona's roster, Trey. That's what I would like everybody to tell me. Unless you're a baseball junkie, you could. Yeah, I mean, they certainly have a lot of I mean, obviously Aaron Hill has been very good at second base for them. He's coming along. But there's no doubt about it that Goldschmidt is the, is the leader of this team. He's a natural superstar. He's a guy who I think people are going to recognize very, very clearly as a face of baseball really soon, Tarvin. So, yeah, Arizona's got a great young player. It's just how, you know, how far can he take them by himself? 
Uh, I mean, he can get them into the playoffs, and once he gets into the wild card, it's one game and anything can happen. That's one thing about baseball, Trey. Anything can happen. How hot will Arizona be when the playoffs come if they make it? That's the big question. But staying in the West real quick, Trey, the Dodgers seven games up and Clayton Kershaw. I think a lot of people, including myself, you know, I mean, I haven't given this guy the credit he deserves. Probably the best pitcher in a long time that I've seen, Trey. And this guy, Puig together, I mean, these guys are putting the Dodgers back on the map. Seven games in first. Did you expect this when Don Mattingly was expected to be fired? How how many games were the Dodgers out of first place at their lowest point this season, Trey? Do you remember? I think it was seven or eight, but it, it may have been more. Somebody, I think uh, we have a couple of Dodgers fans in the chat room. Let me know if you know the answer. But, you know, I mean, this is the team that I predicted to win this division. Uh, I can't say that, you know, I was I was – you know, not shocked. I mean, I was pretty pretty caught on guard, by the way, they started off the season. But Clayton Kershaw is no doubt about it, the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, this guy has an enormously low ERA, and right now he's throwing a gem against the Rays. So uh, this guy's going to win the Cy Young, Carvin. I mean, if he just mark it down, he will win the Cy Young. Trey, I mean, this this pitcher is under 2 ERA, and what's his record, like 10-7? and seven? That shows you how his run support's been when he's pitched. And just, I mean, amazing stuff. Clayton Kershaw, you have a gem on your fantasy team right now and just wanted to know if you'd like to trade him tonight. <laughs> hey, you know, like, like anybody, Carvin, everybody's up for grabs, but it's all about price. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Sorry I was a couple minutes late, Trey. Thanks for, for starting the show off. Just wanted to welcome everyone and, and tell them what we're going to be doing tonight. I don't know if you did that or not, Trey, but – the Auburn Tigers out of the SEC, we will, be, we will be previewing. That was a tongue twister. And the Miami Hurricanes out of the ACC. I'm interested to see from the Florida State fan in you, Trey, how the Miami Hurricanes are going to do in your eyes. And we're also going to talk about a division that's, to me, that's not even a competition, the AFC West. Uh, college football, Trey, three weeks from yesterday, actually, on the Saturday. It actually starts on the Thursday, but we're getting close, man. College football is right around the corner. And, I, and, I, and the fever is getting higher for me. I don't know about you. Well, so it's getting closer. Preseason games, a lot of college football talk is definitely getting about that time. We're getting closer and closer as August winds in. Well, here we are on the 11th of August. I mean, you know, we're about halfway there. So really excited for uh, for college football, for pro, for NFL. It, it's time, Tarvin. I'm ready to see some pads get hit. Yeah, I'm ready to see it. And, you know, this time of year makes me worry, especially for your team that you pull for, the injuries in practice. You know, we'll talk about Auburn later already, some injuries being reported. Man, it's just it's just so hard to see your teams, especially the NFL teams, your fantasy teams. And we'll talk about the draft. And uh, when, when are we going to do our draft show? In a couple weeks, maybe a couple weeks before the NFL season starts? Yeah, we'll try to do it. We'll try to coincide it with – our our big fantasy football uh, draft in our league, which will come up at the end of August. Um, you know, Tarvin, you got to you, you may have a trade for the first overall pick. Seems very like you. So, uh, Tarvin, let's let's. You want to start about what you want to go to? You want to football? You want to talk about this trade well, you have? I want to. The crazy what? You want to talk about this trade? You want to tell everybody what you just did? Okay, I'll tell everybody what I did. Jonathan knows about it. I talked to him about it the other day. We were on air. I, we're, we have a five-team keeper, or five 
player keeper league with eight teams, right, Trey? We have eight teams in our league, five keepers. Well, I had Russell Wilson as probably a number six on my team, so he wasn't going to be a keeper. And I was picking seventh in the draft, almost last. And a guy offered me his number one overall pick. And all I have to give in return is Russell Wilson, which is it's hard for me to do right now. Give Russell Wilson up and my seventh round or seventh pick in the first round. So, Trey, I wanted to see what you thought about that. To me, it's good because I wasn't going to keep Russell Wilson to begin with. Just wanted to see what you thought about it. Well, I mean, for those who don't know, we also our league is a two quarterback league, which makes you know you may be thinking, well, why would you even have Russell Wilson? Uh, you know, why would you be keeping that many quarterbacks? We have a two-quarterback league. Quarterbacks are actually much more valuable than in a one-quarterback league where, you know, running backs tend to dominate even in quarterbacks may even be third. In our league, it's kind of the opposite. Quarterbacks are the top the top money winners. They, they get you to the championship. So um, I, I think that uh, you should have dumped Brady is my, my thought. He's 37 years old. He's lost like, what is four of his five top receivers. Um, maybe I'm previewing a little bit on when we talk about the AFC East, but I think that uh, Brady might have a tough year this year. Well, I mean, Tom Brady still, in my opinion, has at least three solid years left of being a top five quarterback. So you can't dump Tom Brady. If I'm going to get rid of him, I have to to get some draft picks, and it's going to be at the end of this year. So I would rather have Tom Brady with no receivers than Russell Wilson as it stands right now. But my two quarterbacks are Cam Newton and Tom Brady. Uh, running back Adrian Peterson, and I'm keeping Julio Jones and Andre Johnson. So my team looks pretty good, Trey. I'm just I'm sure you're jealous right now that I'm getting that first pick. You know, actually, I'm a, I'm not. I, I'm actually pretty solid with where I am in the draft. Pretty solid with my team overall. Uh, you know, I got I got RG three. I got uh, I got Tony Romo, Colin Kaepernick. You know, I got Jamal Charles. And Matt, you really can't. Lashawn McCoy. I got Shady McCoy. You can't complain with those five. Are you Are you keeping three quarterbacks? Yeah. Well, why not, man? We're a two quarterback league with injury concerns to RG three. I, I don't see any other way around it. Not to mention Tony Romo has been a top five quarterback last year. So yeah, I like Romo. I would I would trade RG three if I was you. I think he's going to have a, a down year. I think you'd be good to trade him right now when people want him. I just don't think RG3 is going to be consistent this year. And Cuervo was on the other night, and he said that he doesn't think RG3 would probably play maybe two-thirds of the season if he even plays that. But Kirk Cousins is right there behind him. Trey, I think you could get a lot of value for RG3, and I just want to see what what everybody in the chat room thinks about my opinion on RG3 and, and then why you're so high on him right now. Well, because he's because of the keeper league. I mean, this is a, a quarterback-driven keeper league. And if you know he, yeah, if he, yeah, he misses four games this year, Tarvin, that's fine. Uh, that's why I have Romo and Kaepernick. But the point is, is this guy is going to be the guy who replaces um, replaces Romo on my roster for ten years. Well, I still have the dumbest fantasy draft of all time. Remember that quarterback I took in the first round? <laughs> yeah, Jeff George when he was retired. No, he wasn't retired yet. He should have been after that year. <laughs> but yeah. And then I, I had to turn into a crook, guys. Everybody out there listening, I had to turn into a crook in fantasy sports. So big of a crook that Trey actually, the Constitution and all of our fantasy sports has a Tarvin rule in it. So just so y'all know, I mean, Trey's a good commissioner. He's fair, but he is—he's like uh, Vince McMahon in wrestling. That's how—that's what kind of commissioner <laughs> Trey is. <laughs> but everybody, we are staff pick tonight. 
this show will be fat picked actually uh, Tuesday, starting at midnight. So we're excited about that. We we're not going to go three hours tonight. I don't think I could stay awake that long tonight, Trent. I don't know if you can, but during this time, we're gonna no. we're gonna get started on our our AFC West preview here, and then we're gonna dive right into college football. And I'm excited. And I don't know if, if I'm the only one here that thinks about the AFC West, Trey. Uh, hold on, I call it number 646-716-5564. I apologize, 646-716-5564. But is this division, the AFC West, is it going to be any kind of drama to see who wins this? Or do you have the Broncos just, you know, easily taking this division? Well, this is going to be, I think, a division that could have the most improved football teams. I think San Diego at seven and nine, uh, maybe in for a better year. And you know, with North Turner gone, this is, uh, you know, McCoy comes in, and a lot of people think, well, you know, McCoy won with Peyton Manning last year. Who couldn't win with Peyton Manning? But he also turned, um, you know, Tim Tebow into a playoff winning quarterback. I mean, this guy. I think he also won with somebody else, and the other quarterback is slipping my mind. If you can think about it in the chat room, let me know. But um, Kyle Orton, he, Kyle Orton, that's it. This is, I mean, so this is a guy who who can win with subpar quarterbacks, and you know, Philip Rivers is not a subpar quarterback. I mean, he's above average. He's slipped in the past few years, but I think McCoy does a resurgence with, um, you know, with the Chargers. I mean, with that, are they a playoff team? I don't, I don't believe so, Tarvin. And then now let's the other team in this I think is going to be very much improved is Andy Reid and the Chiefs. I mean, they have way too much talent. I mean, Tarvin, way too much talent to be at 2-14. and 14. Yeah, and this is to me, and, and Sonny Clark, we talked about that on his show. He's not high on Andy Reid, where, where I'm very high on Andy Reid moving to Kansas City. I think this is a perfect fit for a young team with talent. I think they look at Andy Reid and they, they're like, wow, we have a great coach. And I think he needed a change. He needed to get out of Philly. And now look at the quarterback situation. I know Alex Smith is not the best quarterback in the NFL, like his OC said, but, you know, he's a good quarterback and he, he won't get you beat. He, he's a smart quarterback. But, Trey, this is this team right here is good enough to go 8-8, eight and 7-9 eight, and nine right now. And, and do you think if they go 8-8, eight and eight, is that a successful season for this group? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You turn a team around with six-plus wins, I think that's a dream season. I mean, that's that's what Kansas City's been looking for. But Alex Smith, I mean, you got to think about it. This guy didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. I mean, he's going to – and that's what, honestly, Kansas City's huge um, Achilles heel has been with Matt Castle. And, I mean, I don't know how many turnovers he had last year, but it was a ton. And so, you know, you're looking at uh, a quarterback who's going to go, I would say, very similar to that 17-5 and five year he had. Uh, 17 TDs, five interceptions he had in, what, 2011. So I, I think you're going to see a very similar season. Jamal Charles, uh, his first season back from ACL injury, people forgot about that he also recovered very fast from the ACL injury and rushed for over 1,500 yards. I think he was third in the league behind uh, Alfred Morris and, uh, of course, the great Peterson. But, I mean, this guy is going to blow out this year is even better. I mean, this is his second year back. People say, you know, second year back from ACL is even better. So, I mean, I look at the offense to be much improved, Harvin. Yeah, and, Trey, one thing I look on this team is their offensive line. It's very, very solid. The defense is not bad. I mean, you look at statistics last year, people say numbers don't lie, stats don't lie, but sometimes they show a team that has actually quit 
you know, in, in their professional team. But I think they quit last year a lot. And somebody said in the chat room that they have the most pro bowlers of any team. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, Trey, out of Oakland, I mean, we'll talk about them, but looking at any team in this division besides Denver, I think KC has that chance to to compete and be competitive in these games. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be very, very competitive in these games. I think Andy Reid is a still as a coach for this organization. I know a lot of people don't think so, but I'm very high. I mean, this is just such a talented team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with you. I think I got Kansas City at 8-8, eight and eight, which I think is a huge improvement. I don't think they make the playoffs, Carvin, but I think a six-game um, a six game differential uh, from the previous season, it just shows you what Andy Reid's going to do with this team. I think Jamal Charles is going to have a ginormous year. I think you're going to see, you know, from the quarterback, a much more consistent play. Dwayne Bowe is going to play like a guy who needs money. And so I, I think this team will progress this year. Uh, and they're going to look to high, get another playmaker next year at the receiving core and maybe another defensive player to put themselves into the playoffs in a, a year from now. But they're not there yet, Tarvin. So I, I think 8-8 eight and eight from the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Trey, we have a caller. I believe it's Cuervo on the line right now. He's not in the chat room, so I do believe this is him. And, and I just want to get his opinion right quick and let everybody hear about what he thinks about the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. What's up, Cuervo? Brian, Trey, how you guys doing this evening? What's up, man? Doing good. How are you? I can't complain, man. It's, you know, week one of the preseason is officially in the books. You know, as you say, Brian, it's here. It's here. Football season is here, man. I'm I'm, get, I'm starting to itch really bad now. It's getting here. I'm going into rehab next week until football season starts. It's, it's out of control right now, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you, but I mean, you know, just uh, it's good. It's good to see. It's good to see guys back on the field. Excuse me. Well, what do you think about Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, you know what? My opinion on on Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs is it's a little different from what most people think. Um, I think this is exactly what. You know, Kansas City needed, or what Andy Reid needed, really, is, is just a change. You know, going from Philadelphia to another uh, to another franchise, you know, coaching in another place. Um, I, I really like where the Chiefs are going this year. Um, you know, they had a lot of pro bowlers, and you wouldn't you wouldn't know it from them. You know, having what three wins last year was it, or something like that. So, <clears throat> and them adding Alex Smith as well. I I, I honestly. You know, a lot of people. A lot of people think that it's it's not going to happen, or that I, that I'm going a little too overboard with it. But I I see the Kansas City Chiefs as being as good as a nine win team this year. They're not going to make the playoffs, but I think they could they could go as high as winning nine games this year. Wow, that'd be a successful season and trade nine wins to me. We we'll put Andy Reid as coach of the year. What do you think? Well, man, I think Coach of the Year is going to be close, and I don't know if he'll get there at nine wins. But it will be, um, it will be a season. I think people are going to be talking about what he does at the coaching level. Uh, I really do. I like. Not only do I like, um, you know, Jamal Charles and you know Dwayne Bowe, and of course, uh, you know what Alex Smith is going to do. But I mean, I like the fact that they got Niall Davis as the backup now. I think he's going to um, be a nice little change of pace when Jamal Charles needs to come out. So. 
I like what they've done on offense. I still wish they had a secondary receiver, um, you know, better than Donnie Avery, but I think they'll get there next year. They'll draft a receiver next year. But I really do like what the Chiefs have on offense. Well, let's talk about a team that, uh, that Cuervo has winning the whole thing, the Oakland Raiders out of the West here. That's one of his favorite teams, Trey. Well, who do you think is going to start at quarterback for these Oakland Raiders week one? Do you think they give a chance to Terrell Pryor? No, no, I, I don't think so. It's going to be Matt Flynn. I mean, Terrell Pryor could end up playing this year. I mean, we really don't know what to make of Matt Flynn other than the fact that when he got his shot in Seattle, he lost it to Russell Wilson, which doesn't say, you know, it doesn't say that he's a bad quarterback, but it does give you some indication that if Terrell Pryor can play his way into the position he might get there. I mean, let's be honest, Tarvin, this team was awful last year. They were um, a four-win football team. I'll tell you, I don't know if they get actually better. I think I'm going to have them winning less this year. I don't like, um, you know, McFadden. What I do like about this team is they ran a zone blocking scheme before last year, and McFadden is a guy who does not run well behind the zone blocking scheme. He's a front up-and-down runner. And a zone blocking scheme, you need a guy who can sort of get side to side a little bit better. So McFadden was not um, really put in a place of to really his talent level behind the zone blocking scheme. So I think you're going to see McFadden have a much better year than he had last year, and he'll stay a little bit healthier. But this is still a team that I mean, their number one receiver is Denarius Moore, and they got Rod Streeters are number two. I mean, they don't have guys who can make plays in the receiver position. They still have a lot of defensive issues as well, Tarvin. So, you know, I think you're going to see uh, this team take a step backwards because they just don't have the talent. Cuervo, what, looking at the Raiders' defense, what, what do you think are some things that they improved on since last year that could, could make them a competitive team in this division? I don't you know. Honestly, Brian, I, I don't see a whole lot of improvement. The only the – only I guess right thing that I see is is if you know the the rookie DJ Hayden pans out and and that's you know we're gonna see how healthy he can stay. But other than that, I mean, I, at least from from what I can think of, they really didn't uh, they really weren't very active on the defensive side as far as picking players up. So I I don't uh, I, I really don't see a whole lot as far as the Raiders improving. Trey, Charles Woodson is a is a veteran. He's coming back to the Raiders. Do you think – I mean, I just don't understand making that move with his age right now. What do you think? Well, I mean, it's a good move in the, in the sense that he's a leader on the team. He'll help bring the team a little bit together uh, leadership-wise and being able to call plays. But, I mean, he's not going to help them a whole lot on the field. But, I mean, bringing him in was the least of their concerns. They have so much talent lapses to get over um, I mean, he's not going to hurt them, but he's certainly not going to help them a whole lot. Yeah, and the Raiders, we can't talk too much about these guys until they start winning some football games and, and getting out of the cellar. I mean, I have these guys probably finishing last right here. Kansas City is going to be better. Uh, I think the second team in this division, hands down the San Diego Chargers, uh, Trey, looking at – is this a year Phillip Rivers – you know, takes control of that offense. I mean, he started out so well in the NFL. He he looked like he was going to be the next best thing, and all he does it seems like he turns the ball over. What does what does Rivers have to do to to get this team competitive again and finishing high in the division? 
Well, I mean, here's the thing about Rivers. Is, is he was just batted around last year. People forget how terrible the offensive line was for San Diego. And I'm not so sure they solved those problems. I know Ken Wisenhunt's your new offensive coordinator, and he's supposedly going to figure it out. I mean, he changed his own blocking schemes I mentioned before. And maybe that helps because they're able to move the ball on the ground a little bit better. But, I mean, obviously this team is going to be made or broke uh, when, when it comes down to how they're able to block with what Rivers. Can they give him time? Because Rivers is good if you give him time, but if not, he pressures the ball like, you know, Tony Romo going down in, in December. I mean, so it's, it's not exactly the best quarterback to put in a situation with pressure because he is going to turn the ball over. Now, if they can give him pressure or, or get the pressure off Philip Rivers and he gets time, I mean, the Chargers may actually surprise you. I mean, uh, the Chargers last year, I mean, just, just to remind everybody, they finished 7-9, and nine, which isn't the worst record. They were 4-4 four and four on the road, 3-5 uh, and five at home. So, really, their, their problems were, mm-hmm. were at home. I mean, 4-4 four and four on the road is not bad. I mean, if you're 500 on the road, that's not bad. But if you can't win yeah. your home games, I mean, that keeps you out of the playoffs. So, I mean, they got to win in games at home, Tyron. Well, here's some advice if you're betting on the San Diego Chargers. Don't do it. I mean, they're, I remember the years where they were favored in about every game they played in, and they underachieved, and they underachieved, and you take them again thinking they're going to win, and they lose again. But I have a Chargers fan on the line right now that wants to, to chime in on the Chargers. Jason Humphrey from L.A. What's up, man? Oh, hey, Oregon. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm joking with you, man. Yeah, um, I was what's up, man? How you doing? I, I was sorry. I but, um, well, I mean, yeah, you're 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 a, you're, a, you're a Chargers fan, though, man. How are you a Chargers fan living in Oregon? Um, I was I was born in the California. I was born in um, San Luis Obispo, and I grew up. So that's why I like the Dodgers, the Chargers, and I'm a Duck fan by location. So. Okay. Well, tell us about the Chargers this year, and, and Philip Rivers is—is is he the quarterback to, to be able to turn this team around and get them in the playoffs? Well, if if Philip doesn't perform this year, I I really think San Diego is gonna look for a quarterback. But um, we have a new coach this year, new offense, so hopefully it's a better offense than Nova Turner. Um, so. Hopefully, I'm seeing us as an eight and eight at best case scenario, and six and ten at the worst case. It's just um, if Philip could uh, not turn over the ball and how fast he could learn this new system, and if the offense line could keep him upright. Okay, well, we're we're going to be looking at that and making sure we, we hold you to that. Trey, 8-8, eight and eight, that sounds about right to this Chargers team. I have them, I have them actually going 9-7 uh, and seven this year. You know, I think you can sort of put a spread on them between 6 and 8 wins. I think that, you know, here's the thing I don't like about this team is, is I don't like Ryan Matthews still. I think he, I think he's still a bust of a running back, and they don't have anybody behind him. I mean, they signed Danny Woodhead, but I think is I hear a lot of people raving about, oh, Danny Woodhead is going to take over the Darren Sproles role. Danny Woodhead isn't as talented as Sproles. I mean, that's one, and maybe he does help out in that swing pass Sproles sort of manner. Maybe maybe he does Tarvin, but he's not exactly the golden ticket as I think some of the people from San Diego, some of the writers who are following them 
seem to think he's going to be. He's an average running back at best. He's small. He can only be used in certain packages. Their backup behind him is Ronnie Brown. Who, you know, so they have a bunch of running backs who are injury prone and who, who tend to get beat up. You know, so if they don't have a running game, Tarvin and Phil Rivers has got nothing left, and with the offensive line who can't block, they could be in trouble. Yeah. So I think the only okay. bright side in the San Diego Chargers is going to be Denariel Alexander. I think he has a big year, but I still think I think about six and ten, Tarvin. I have this team finishing right above uh, the Oakland Raiders. I'm sorry, I had an eight and eight Cuervo, the San Diego Chargers. What what are the Chargers going to have to do? Cuervo, in order to to compete with the Denver Broncos in this, in this and possibly even finish second, I think they could slip if they're not very careful here. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of things are going to have to happen for the Chargers to have, even in my opinion, a 500 year. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to get big numbers out of the players that they have. And in my opinion, they really don't have playmakers. I, I don't care what anybody says. Ryan Matthews is too injury prone woodhead's not you know a, a, can take a workhorse like 25 to 30 touches a game type load and he's not that type of guy and then at the receiving core um you know you you got floyd who's an average receiver at best you got um robert meacham who reports are coming out that his body is just you know destroyed right now i don't know how true that is but and then you got Alexander, who, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he just recently uh, sustain some type of injury, or am I thinking of somebody else? But, um, I mean, the, the, this team, what they do have, it's it's not really it's not really solid, in my opinion. So that's why I, I have the Chargers actually finishing uh, third in this division with only six wins. I just don't think they have – enough in my opinion so i'm kind of down on san diego this year guys even with the new head coach and the bring ken wisdom hunt over i'm just i'm just not i'm not a believer in in the chargers that makes that makes three of us right here on this show and this takes us to the team that that i think anybody that watches football or been following football trade picks to win this division the denver broncos the question is how many wins are they going to get this year, and, and is it going to be enough to, to lock up home field advantage in the AFC, Trey? Yeah, I think this team is going to be very close. I mean, this is my home field advantage leader, um, to be honest. I mean, they were 13-3 and last year, Tarvin, 6-0 and in their division. I think that's entirely possible to do again. Um, they're 7-1 at home. This team plays very, very good at home. They have what I would say is a pretty tough schedule, especially right off the bat. they got Baltimore at home and then at the New York Giants. But then they have Oakland and Philadelphia, and that gets a little easier for them. So, Tarvin, I think one of the things about this is you bring in Wes Walker to, you know, a tandem of, you know, two guys and Decker and Demario Thomas who were already lighting it up last year. Or Demarius Thomas, excuse me. I think this is even going to get even better. I think you'll see the overall numbers for those receivers in a fantasy situation drop. I mean, you don't have three guys get over 1,500 yards. I mean, it doesn't happen. But, you know, I think Peyton Manning may even throw more. But the addition to this offense is even scarier. When you think about how good their running game was with Willis McGahee and no Sean Moreno last year, where they bring in the NCAA leader in touchdowns in Monte Ball. And I think he's going to be the guy who, who burdens a lot of the running game. You'll see Moreno working a little bit, McGahee maybe later on in the season if he rehabs. But you're going to see Moreno be the second-half sort of power back 
to sort of put things away in the second half. And, man, that's going to be tough when Monte Ball was the guy running at you in the first half. So I really like what Denver's done, uh, you know, even in the draft when they had, you know, such a low draft pick. They were still able in the middle rounds to get very good value. So definitely like what they did, Tarvin. Hey, Cuervo, do you think Denver got better than the team they had last year that that choked against the Baltimore Ravens? And, and also about the Ravens game, how did they – how do they bounce back from being so close to probably making the Super Bowl there and possibly winning it and, and coming this year and, and having to change their whole mentality again to start over? I mean, that was a great season they had. Well, I mean, it's hard to, uh, you know, move on from that loss to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, it, it's it, it's going to be tough, but they have to. They have to learn how to – just let it go. And I know it sounds easy for me to say because I'm just a, I'm just a, a fan just sitting here. But as a team, they have to they have to forget about it. They got to put it in the past and worry about this year now. Um, do I think they got better? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, they added Rogers Carmarty, who's a young, athletic uh, defensive back. Um, you know, they they uh, they 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 got rid of Doomerville, which I don't know. I guess I guess you could look at that either way as being a good or bad thing. Um, but I, you know, I mean, overall, I think you know, adding Welker, of course, is another weapon for Peyton Manning. And you know, it, it's year two under this offense. It's year two working with these receivers. So I think that's a big advantage for for the Broncos and. You know the the offense overall. Now the center position, yeah, that, that that's going to suck because you know they they got to work on that and they got to you know between Manning and, and whoever the center is going to be now, it's it, the chemistry's got to be good. Um, and then last but not least, you know, I think the 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 last thing they have to be concerned with is what's going to happen to Von Miller the first four games. Is he going to be there or not? So. Um, at the end of the day, though, uh, Brian, I mean, I think we all know that Denver hands down is going to win this division. I got them winning 13 games again. I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, I have them winning 13 games, Trey, and I, I think it's going to be enough to be number one seed in the AFC, and home field advantage is going to be huge. I look for Peyton Manning to really make everybody around him a lot better. Having Monty Ball there and a good running game is going to help. Welker, of course in that slide. I mean, third down, is he's going to be unstoppable almost. This could be the year Peyton gets that Super Bowl, Trey, and, and walks off into the sunset. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Tarvin is possible. I'm not sure that he's going to walk away after this season, but, um, you know, the team they have around him, I mean, he could win for a couple of years. I mean, this is a good team. Or could he win the Super Bowl and maybe, you know, go coach Johnny Manziel? I know I know they have a good relationship after that quarterback camp he was there. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the AFC West, guys, and, and it's not a lot of drama in this. But Denver Broncos, if they do not win this division, guys, I would be stunned. And we're going to go to a commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to actually start out talking some college football. I don't know if you're ready, but I am ready. We're going to talk the Miami Hurricanes out of the ACC. Interested to see what a bunch of these Florida State fans think about the Hurricanes. We'll be right back. Have you ever seen a picture on the Internet and just think to yourself, I'd love to have that on a shirt? Or maybe you'd like your company logo on a shirt. 
Well, Actionware Screen Printing is the place for you. We'll print whatever design you want on any surface you desire. Just give us the idea and we'll make it happen. For more information, message us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionware, where your design comes to life. All right. I want to thank Cuervo for stopping in and, and talking some NFL with us. We appreciate the time, Cuervo. And Trey, are you ready for some football now? Yeah, man. Let's let's get to my let's get to the university, the U. The U. All right, guys. This is this could be the longest NCAA investigation I've ever witnessed. I'll say that about the Hurricanes, and and it didn't take long for Al Golden to get off the plane and and resume the the same cheating that was going on there before he got there, Trey. So, tell us before we get started, the NCAA. What are they going to do to Miami, and will it have any impact on their postseason this year if they make? It? Well, I, I you know I don't I don't know that because of what Miami self imposed that we're gonna uh, that we're not gonna, we're gonna see any you know ban this year. So I think the Hurricanes are playing for you know a postseason for sure. Um, the Hurricanes one of the things that worries me is you know Jed Fish was there when they were there they were gangbusters on offense, but you know he's gone and I'm left with what are they going to be on offense? They have a lot of talent like Miami usually does. But I'm a little bit concerned about their offensive scheme and you know with who the who the guy running the, you know calling the plays, how that's going to go. Well, I'm very I'm I'm happy to see Miami. They have an, an entire offensive line back, and that's huge. Central Henderson is a senior now. It seems like it was a year or two ago he was the number one player being recruited. And look, every lineman they have is an upperclassman. Yeah, and part of that, I had, I a, had a connection issue. I apologize. Go ahead. No, sorry. I'm saying, you know, another thing that's good for them, they returned 20 starters. I mean, 10 on offense, 10 on defense. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, the team. I mean, you you saw how you saw how they looked last year. How Stephen Morris looked. He's a senior now, and he had a run there at the end of the season. What do you have? Like 11 touchdowns and no picks. Yeah, yeah. I look at this team. I'm not worried about their offense at all, Trey. What I'm worried about is that defense. The defense, the depth, you know, they have a lot of starters back, but I wasn't real impressed with them last year. And if that's the Achilles heel, it's the defense of this team. But looking at their schedule, I think it's it's a cakewalk, honestly. Well, I mean, their schedule, I mean, I don't know if it's a cakewalk, Tarvin, I mean, any team that, plays uh, the Florida Gators at a conference the second game of the, of the year. I mean, that, that's certainly a good a good game, a test. But, I mean, the, the, all right, the other two or three games they have out of conference aren't exactly tough ones. Well, they they miss Clemson on this schedule. That's one thing. And they, they go to Tallahassee. They play Florida State and they play Florida on this schedule, really. I mean, looking at that, if you win two games, there's a possibility Miami could run the table in this. I don't think it's going to happen. But this is a team in the ACC, I'm telling you, you have to watch. They're going to win the Coastal. I don't think there's there's much debate about that, Trey. No, I mean, they're my favorite to win the Coastal as well. Uh, but they're, they're, I think they're, they are an outside sweeper for the BCS. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the Canes with all these starters back, I mean, it, it would be a very disappointing year if they win, you know, eight games, nine games. I mean, this team needs to win ten with the guys they have now. Yeah, I'm I'm still not sold just overall with Miami, all the distractions that's been going on. And I'm not sold on Al Golden as a coach for this program. I think he's a Band-Aid right now. 
they they tried to to throw in a coach that 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 the NCAA looked up here like the golden child really and and to do it the right way. But I, I'm just not sold on him coaching this team and being able to control. Miami has a lot of talent. I mean, they really do. Good recruiting classes and all, considering what they've been up against. But, Trey, let's go ahead and get started on this schedule because I'm just interested to see where you see these guys stumbling this year. Yeah, I mean, let's start off with a 1-0 with Florida Atlantic. I mean, let's be honest, they're not going to lose uh, at home against the, the Atlantic, uh, Florida Atlantic Owls. So let's get right to – that game at home in Sunlight Stadium in Miami, Florida, on September 7th, with the Florida Gators coming to town. I mean, that's their first real challenge, Tarvin. Yeah, and I think it's early in the season. I think they're going to have a lot of confidence, like you said. They're going to be one to know. And I think if you want Florida, this is the time to get them. I like Miami at home in this game to go ahead and start off two and zero and get Florida their first loss. I just think Florida could have some trouble in this game. I mean, the defensive side of the ball, they could struggle against the, the quarterback and the offense of this Miami Hurricanes team. Remember, that offensive line is deep. They're good. They're talented, Trey. I have them stumbling. I have Florida stumbling in week two. I don't know if you think I'm crazy, man, but go Hurricanes. Well, I see you're flipping your pick uh, from earlier, but that's no, I didn't. I didn't. No, I, no, I picked Miami to beat Florida in the, in the Florida All right. breakdown. All right, Paul, Paul, I'll have to check on that for us, but uh, – I disagree, man. I got Florida winning this game. I just don't think Miami is uh, is there yet when it comes to talent level in Florida. I think Driscoll is going to take another step forward. I think this is going to be a closer game, and I think people, you know, expect. I think a lot of people expect sort of Miami. I mean, because every time Miami played a big team last year, and they had the shot to sort of step up on the national stage, and whether it was at Kansas State, whether it was you know against Notre Dame at Soldier Field last year. I mean, they seemed to just wither on any prospect of having, a, you know, that breakthrough game. So I'm still not sure they're there on a the national stage to step through and beat Florida. Uh, I think it's going to be close. It's going to be closer than, obviously, 52-13 to and 41-3, to Tarvin. But uh, they're going to be competitive <laughs> in the game, but they're going to they're gonna lose. All right. You have them 1-1. One and one. I have them 2-0 and oh at this point. And, and just think, after you get a bye week, you have the tough Savannah State team coming in there to the to the U here, Trey. Any chance Savannah State pulls it off? <laughs> no. I mean, not only do they have the bye week to prepare for, you know, all that is um, the Savannah State, I mean, but they're, they're a Tiger. I mean, so let's be, I mean, maybe that gives them an edge. But, I mean, they're, they're going to get blown out. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna move on the road to up at Raymond James Stadium the next week against USF Bulls. I mean, unfortunately for those college football fans who remember the Bulls being a very good football team years ago, they're a very bad football team now. They're gonna beat the Bulls as well. I mean, South Florida went three and nine last year, and and Savannah State went one and ten. So they had four wins between them, Tarvin. They're not gonna get a they're not gonna get a victory against Miami. Well, the three games they play in October, and again, they have another bye week in October, Georgia Tech, at least this game's at home. Any chance Georgia Tech with that option, with that crazy offense, can give Miami any kind of trouble? Yeah, I mean, it's going to give them trouble. They gave them trouble last year at Georgia Tech when Miami had to go into overtime to win that football game. Uh, but I think that game being on the road last year gave them an added difficulty you know, to that. This year, being at home, they're going to take care of business, and that's going to move them to four and one in my book. All right, I still have them undefeated here at at five and zero, oh. and then the next 
they get a bye week and then they go to North Carolina, Trey. Yeah, I mean this game at North Carolina, they lost this game last year, so this is not only did they lose this game last year at Harvard to North Carolina, they lost it at home. So, I mean, they're going to have a lot of payback on their mind, especially if they started the season off as hot. Either you or I have them right now with one loss. They're going to be in the national uh, consideration for at least, you know, to be talking about ACC champions and that kind of stuff. So I, I think they actually get revenge in mm-hmm. North Carolina this year, Tarvin, and they're going to make up for that 18-14 to 14 loss last year. And the Tar Heels are the ones who are really – not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. I have North Carolina pulling the upset in this game at home, giving Miami their first loss. Uh, I think my North Carolina is not a bad team. I think they're a bowl team this year. They could probably win eight games, maybe nine at the best. Um, North Carolina pulls it off, Trey, but the common theme here is you have one loss and I have one loss at this point. That's really all that matters. Yeah, and I think why you're picking this and why I'm not saying you're crazy is because, you know, you know what night this game falls on. It falls on a Thursday night. And we all know <laughs> that teams with big records coming in on a Thursday night seem to slip up almost routinely. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great pick, Tarvin. I, I, right now I can't pull the trigger on it. We'll see uh, on the Wednesday night before that show if I'm going to flip my pick. But, you know, I can <laughs> tell you, I think it's a good pick. A Thursday night game, why not? Exactly. Why not, right? But then they get the extra couple of days to rest before Wake Forest comes into town, Trey. I, I don't think this is even a game we can discuss, really. I think Miami wins with ease. What about you? No, and there's not. Wake Forest will not win this game. And then that sets up a big game. I mean, no matter what the record is, this is a huge rivalry. I mean, Winston's going to be the quarterback for Florida State. Can Miami go into Tallahassee, Trey, and and get a W here? I think it's going to be very difficult. I think Florida State's a step above Miami this season, but especially playing at home, I just think that's too much for Miami to overcome. Now, this game has all of the makings for, you know, one of those flip road loss or road wins for Miami-Florida State rivalry. You have a brand-new quarterback at Florida State with very little experience, no matter who it is, whether it's Winston, who we all think it is going to be, or whether it's Coker, who you know is even more green. I mean, you have a, um, a team in Miami who is very seasoned, very comfortable playing on the road against big opponents. I mean, these guys played at Kansas State last year. They played Notre Dame at Soldier Field. Uh, they, they've played at Florida State before. I mean, so... Uh, all the makings for an upset, Tarvin, this game is going to be razor, razor thin. I think Florida State, because it's at home, wins. Uh, and I think it's very, very tight, Tarvin. Come out fourth quarter, field goal, uh, Florida State by one or two. Yeah, one thing that concerns me about Florida State is their quarterback. I mean, he's talented. Everybody says that Winston's the man. But, again, this is his first time to really play in this rivalry. And, and you look at Miami with all their veterans back, everybody coming back. This is going to be an interesting game. This is going to be a fun game to watch. These these two always try to kill each other, and I really enjoy watching it. I have Florida State pulling this game out. Like you said, I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say six points in this game, Florida State pulls it out. Well, I mean, hopefully in my behalf. I'd, I'd be interested to see what Miklos thinks about this one. He's been quiet in the chat room, Miklos. Miklos, where are you at? I want to see where he thinks Florida State is. Um, big Florida State supporter as well. And um, I'm not hearing from him, Tarvin. It makes me worried. It makes me worried that he's thinking uh, Florida State's going to lose this game. But, well, I guess we'll move on. So, Miklos, give me a call 
tell us what you think if, if you want to t- talk, call in and tell us. But, uh, Tarvin, the next game is November 9th, and I think this is actually quite a struggle because you have them on the road against Florida State, and then the next week they go back home and play Virginia Tech. And now the Hokies were down last year, Tarvin. I think they finished at 7-6, and six, or 6, yeah, 7-6. Tarvin, any, any chance the Hokies get them? I think they can. Logan Thomas, uh, he's a big quarterback. He can make plays. But because this game is in Miami, I have to give the advantage to them. Again, it's going to be a close game. Miami's going to be coming off a loss here. Uh, how do they get up emotionally? How good is Virginia Tech going to be at this time of the season, too, will impact how Miami gets up for them. But I think Miami pulls this one out, Trey, just because it's in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, Tarvin, this is a game that I had sort of circled uh, as we talked about this during the seat, you know, you and I during the week talking about the schedules. I, I, I've gone back and forth in this game because I think Virginia Tech is going to be much improved from their 7-6 and six year uh, last year, but I just can't. I mean, they have nine guys on defense returning, but only four on offense. And that's my concern is I think they're going to be able to stop Miami. I think they're going to be competitive. But I'm just worried that they're going to turn the ball over on offense when it comes down to it with a fumble, you know, a pick, but the receiver runs the wrong route. Um, so I, I think Miami holds it close, Tarvin. But, you know, uh, this is one of those ones that I would not be surprised if if the black shirts of uh, Virginia Tech pull the upset. All right, well, here, here's an interesting game. At Duke, November 16th, Duke with their first bowl bowl game in, in forever, actually. Uh any chance Duke could get up for these guys and, and pull the upset? It seems like Miami, the Miami teams of late, they seem to struggle with teams like this on the road. Any chance Duke wins? Well, I mean, this is a game that I mean Duke gave uh, Miami a game last year at the end of the season. Miami knew they weren't going anywhere, though. That's kind of, um, to me, I thought this game was, and Miami was sort of looking ahead to the off season already. Uh, and a, a shootout, if it would. Uh, this is not going to be any different, though, Tarvin. I think Miami will have no problem scoring. I think the defense will have a much better time holding Duke's offense down. So I think this is a this is a blowout. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if it's a blowout, but I, I think Miami wins this game. And and then the next week, Virginia comes into town. Tell us about the the Cavaliers here, can they come into the Orange Bowl and, and beat Miami? Because right now it looks like Miami's win-loss record is, is good, and it looks like they're heading right to that Coastal Division winner. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I have them winning the Coastal, uh, so it's not, you know, this is not a game I think they stumble on. Um, you know, looking at this, the schedule part of it, I mean, if this were – this game were somewhere different, and if it were on the road, like this was one of those Thursday night games with the Cavaliers. I think they're going to be better than last year. I mean, they had a four and eight season. They didn't go to a bowl game. I think the Cavaliers make a bowl game this year, but it's not going to be at the hands of Miami. They're going to lose. I think it's going to be relatively close, but they're going to lose this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I like Miami here, and that sets up a. You know, Pittsburgh is new to this conference. On the road in Pittsburgh, November 29th, the last regular season game. Do you think Pittsburgh's got what it takes to keep this game close and win, Trey? Because I think Pittsburgh's going to struggle this season, and I think Miami will be way too much for them, actually. You know, I actually think this game has a lot of makings for an upset. I mean, this – because, I mean, at the end of the season, if Miami is where – 
where I have them, which is two losses. They'll be nine and two. Looking at you know a coastal win already because they're gonna I think they'll have a lot of the coastal locked up by a game or two by this point. So this this game's not gonna matter a whole lot for when it comes down to the coastal and going to the ACC championship. I think they might be looking ahead. And so this Pittsburgh Panther team, they're not going to be the greatest team ever. They're going to be okay. They're going to be struggling to make a bowl game. But I think this game has a lot of makings for a recipe for an upset, Tarvin. So I'm going to pull the plug on a Friday night game. Pittsburgh Panthers pull the upset against Ooh. Miami 9-3. Ooh, really? Wow, that's a big pick, Trey. I have Miami winning this game. I mean, I just don't think it's going to be that close. Pittsburgh's going to probably win six games this year, five or six games. They'll be competitive. At the end of the day, Miami's getting it going. They're getting ready for that big ACC championship game. I like Miami. Yeah, so I got them at 9-3, and three, Tarvin, and I have them in the Coastal, uh, winning the Coastal Championship in the ACC Championship uh, with two ACC losses, I think, in the Coastal. That's going to be enough. Uh, so, uh, Tarvin, I got them uh, going to the Coastal ACC Championship game. Do you have them winning the ACC championship game? Well, I mean, that's, that's a conversation for another day, Tarvin. We're, I'm not ready to pick on that just yet. <laughs> oh, man, come on. Well, when we come back, uh, I have them 9-3 and three as well, Trey. So, playing in the ACC championship game. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I do not have them winning the, the ACC. But anybody can win the Coastal right now. So, when we come back... We're going to go into the SEC, and we're going to preview the Auburn Tigers. I'm excited to see if they can turn a 3-9 and nine season around. Hopefully they can. But when we come back, Trey, we'll talk about it. We'll be right back. Family reunions, school names, sports logos, custom designs. Actionware screen printing will do all of that on whatever you want. Hats, shirts, shorts, pants, and much, much more. Embroidery, printing, decals, it doesn't matter. Just give us the idea, we'll make it happen. For more information, contact us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionware, where your design comes to life. We are back, and we just previewed the Miami Hurricanes. We both have them 9-3, and three, winning the Coastal, making the ACC championship game, Trey. And now it's time to preview the Auburn Tigers. Let's see if I can, I can take these orange and blue glasses off for a few minutes and really get down into the meat of this schedule and predict an accurate win and loss record, Trey. Well, I mean, let's see, because last year certainly uh, neither one of our predictions for Auburn were anywhere near reality. Well, I had, um, did you say I had Miami going 10-2? and two? Yeah, that's right. I think I had a 9-3, and three, didn't I? Oh, did you, did you have a 9-3? and three? Well, I had them losing to Florida, North Carolina, and Florida State. No, hold on, I had them beat them. You're right, 10-2, 10-2. Yeah, yeah right. my bad. My bad, my bad, my bad. All right, the Auburn Tigers 3-9 and nine last year. Uh, this is a, a whole new coaching staff coming in. Gene Chizik was fired and the entire coaching staff. Gus Malzahn comes in. Uh, remember, everybody, if you don't remember Gus Malzahn, he was the offensive coordinator for the 2010 championship. And then he came back in 2011 and didn't do bad. And he went to Arkansas State last year and won his conference. And now he's back in Auburn as a head coach, Trey. Tell me how you think he'll fare this year, being a first head coach, his first head coaching gig in the SEC, actually. 
Well, I mean, they're going to be improved from last year. I think that's the way I, I would couch it. I mean, I think there's not much. I mean, they have a lot of talent at Auburn. Uh, the problem with Auburn was just, I mean, off the field struggles. You had a team that couldn't come together. You had a lot of coaching issues. Uh, so, you know, I think they're going to be better. They're more of a team this year. Uh, so they're definitely going to improve from three wins. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I think I think they'll improve from three wins. But the thing I think they'll improve more on is the competitiveness in those games against the big boys like Georgia, Alabama, LSU. I mean, LSU was competitive last year, but Trey, I don't know if you got to watch the Georgia Alabama game, but it wasn't competitive at all. Wait, the Georgia Alabama game? No, the Georgia and the Alabama games. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, no, I saw some of them. That, you know, I saw what I needed to see of them for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, lot going on. And, Trey, take over just one second, talk about them. I'll be right back. Just give me one minute so I can talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. So if Carvin leaves, you guys, I mean, he's probably trying to get his, his orange and blue goggles off as we we're talking here. Uh, one of the things, obviously, you can describe the, the, the Auburn Tiger season last year was a disappointment going 0-8 in the SEC, not a single SEC victory. So looking at this year, I mean, they start off with two out-of-conference games. They're both at home, and in fact, one of them is a homecoming game, uh, sort of, with the Arkansas State Red Wolves coming to town, the Gus Malzahn's old team. Uh, Their first (laughs) SEC game will be Saturday, September 14th, and you know, without much ado, Tarvin, uh, I got I got Washington State and Arkansas State both home wins for the Auburn Tigers. They're going to be two and zero with Mississippi State coming to town. Uh, yeah, I agree, I agree with that. And and Washington State's going to going to get a taste of the SEC again. I think Auburn's offense and defense will just be a little too much. Washington State is the worst team in the Pac-12, so that gives me a little favor and. Yeah. Arkansas State with Gus Malzahn knowing that team, I like them. So I'm with you, two and zero for Auburn right now. Yeah, so that, that brings in the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Bulldogs, excuse me. They were eight and five last year, Tarvin. But I look at that eight and five as quite suspect, and they were eight wins pretty much right off the bat in their first eight games. They really didn't play anybody, and when they started playing anybody in the SEC, they got blasted. So I look at Mississippi State as sort of a, a paper tiger. They're not, there's not really nothing to them, nothing to that eight wins. I look at that those eight wins as pretty phony. I look at Auburn, you know, as an up-and-coming team with more talent. Uh, this game's at home. So I have Mississippi State being a pretty easy victory for the for the Tigers. So I think it's going to be a close game. Auburn-Mississippi State usually is. Uh, Dan Mullen, though, on the road at Auburn. I like Gus Malzahn, the way he's able to work the quarterbacks and get the best out of his quarterbacks. Nick Marshall will be too much a quarterback for these Bulldogs. I mean, hey, you go from three and nine to all of a sudden you start three and zero. Oh, it's 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 not too bad right now. No, I mean, and last year, you know, this game was on the road for Auburn, twenty-eight to ten loss. Um, this was coming off that Clemson loss. I think that was part of the reason why they sort of this was sort of the, the setting the tone for that season last year. I think this year they're going to use that to set the, a new tone for the season. I think that's one of the things you'll hear the coaching staff talk about. Was this was the the Mississippi State game was the tone for all those SEC losses? I think this year it's going to be the tone for getting those those SEC wins this year. So, Mississippi State three and zero heading into Tiger Stadium uh, down in Baton Rouge, Tarvin, the LSU Tigers. Uh, you pick this to be an open win. Or are you going to stay on your bandwagon? 
Well, I picked LSU to win this game the other night, actually, while we were on the air. But if, if Auburn can come in and, and not turn the ball over, it seems like when they go to Baton Rouge, they turn the ball over and they shoot themselves in the foot early, and LSU just gets that momentum on special teams, on defense, the crowd gets up, and they just tend to get blown out in games. But I just don't think LSU's that team this year that's going to blow many people out. So this is going to be a very close game. I think Auburn gets us gets to find out really where they are right now. And, and even losing this game doesn't necessarily mean that you're taking a step back. But you have to come in. You have to play LSU competitively this first, this first game on the road for Auburn. I think LSU wins by a field goal, probably. I'm going to pick them to take care of Auburn in this game. But don't, but don't be surprised if Auburn plays them very tough. Yeah, I mean, this was a close game last year. It was 12-10. Um, <laughs> I, I think that Auburn this year, this is going to be a loss for Auburn. This was a very tough game. Auburn played it well. It was almost as Auburn, Auburn last year was playing their season, sort of turning it around. I think this year it's going to be different. I think LSU um, will have sort of that game on their mind from last year, that close game uh, at you know at Jordan Hare last year. And LSU at home is a different a different story. Auburn loses; they're three and one. Yep, three and one. And now they get a bye week, and this is a good time to, if you're Gus Malzahn, to come in and say, "Hey, we're three and one right now. First four games of the season gives them something to build on." And then their next two games are at home. October 5th, Ole Miss comes into town, Trey. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, and just to let you know, Tarvin, Paul just did the check. And uh, when we did LSU, you picked Auburn to upset LSU. So, no, I um, didn't. Just to, no, I didn't. Just want, no, I didn't. wanted to let you know. We just no, ran safe, buddy. We just ran safe. You, you can tell Paul that you go, I got somebody going 10 and 2 three times, and he still wants to come back and ask you what you did. I picked LSU to beat Auburn by a field goal on uh, on Wednesday night. Trust me, uh, I know what I picked since I am the host of this show. So I had LSU beating Auburn. Mm-hmm. We'll let it slide. We'll tell everybody to check the tapes on that one. But this is there's a bye week uh, after the LSU game, and Ole Miss the Rebels come to Auburn. Uh, Tarvin, this is this is an interesting game. Ole Miss was going to have some younger players starting. Some of these big, that big freshman class. Some of these guys are actually going to be playing. Um, I go up in the air on this, and I'm not sure, so, so sure Ole Miss is going to be a very good road team this year. They're going to be pretty good at home, but uh, on the road, I'm going to I'm going to call it Auburn winning this in a very close game, four and one. Yeah, I like Auburn. I mean, they're they're similar uh, type of teams. The difference is Auburn has more talent from top to bottom than Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss is going to surprise anybody this year. I, I think Auburn actually beats them at home coming off a of bye week. I think Auburn's got it rolling right now, Trey. If they're 4-1 and one at this point of the season, I mean, you've won more games than you did last year and you're heading in the right direction with Western Carolina coming into town. And so that sets it up right there big. October 19th at Texas A&M, the question is, will Johnny Manziel be there? Yeah, I mean – I don't know, Tarvin. I mean, now I'm less sure than I was last time we talked about Manziel. Uh, his lawyer came out and said that he's seen the evidence and it doesn't. And he doesn't have any concerns about Manziel playing. I'll tell you, I'm not so sure. You know, it matters. I think Texas A&M is a pretty good football team at home. I don't think Auburn's there yet. I'm going to predict it: Manziel or, Man, or no Manziel. 
Texas A&M wins this football game, giving Auburn its second loss of the season. Yeah, and and this is the the Texas A&M team, guys. To me, they they weren't that great last year through the year. They beat Alabama, and they got a lot of recognition for it. You beat Alabama on the road, you deserve it. And then they got hot. But when I watched them play the teams in the SEC, LSU and Florida, I didn't see a great team actually. And LSU and Florida weren't they weren't great last year. So looking at Texas A&M, the teams they beat up last year, Auburn. Uh, they fell apart. Arkansas, they beat teams. They barely beat Ole Miss. They almost lost to Louisiana Tech. I mean, I wasn't impressed with them last year. With all this off-the-field issues and, I think, trouble in the locker room now with Menzel, I think Texas A&M's not going to take anybody by surprise, and their defense is, is terrible. Lost a lot this year. This is a game, and I feel confident in saying it. I do think Auburn, can. they're going to win this game and beat Texas A&M. Does that mean Auburn has arrived and they're great? No, but it's just that's how much I have faith in Texas A&M right now, Trey. I like Auburn to win this game. Well, and they got they got to find guys to replace you know, folks on defense. I mean, this is a team with only 10 uh, starters on offensive and defense, six on offense, four on defense. They do have some gaps to fill for sure, and there is question marks whether they have the depth to fill it. So, I mean, it's possible, Tarvin, but, you know, I don't know if Auburn's going to be good enough to win games on the road just yet like that, but we'll see. I mean, if Manziel doesn't play, I mean, who knows? This could be a team that implodes. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and this is, after this Florida Atlantic game, we both probably agree they're going to win. This is where it gets just very difficult for Auburn. But at this point, I mean, Auburn's done a good job. They've beaten who they're supposed to. They beat a team in Texas A&M that they shouldn't have beat. And at Arkansas November 2nd. I don't have much faith in Arkansas, but Trey, road games for Auburn and Arkansas haven't been that successful. This game worries me a lot. Yeah, and, and, it, and it should. I mean, let's let's be honest, Arkansas, who we, we already picked their schedule, but they're going to have a tough time of it. And I think one of the reasons why I think Auburn will win this game is because around this time, Arkansas is going to be getting blasted by some other folks. So, you know, Brett Bellum is going to have some problems keeping this team together based off last season. And then based off tough tough SEC losses, it's tough for a team to stay healthy and stay together, especially through the dog days of the SEC schedule. I think Auburn snips Arkansas just by a little bit, but um, they're going to be a 6-2 and two, um, six and two at the end of this game. Um, I have them barely getting by Arkansas, too. And, and I, I saw Jonathan Wise had in the chat room that Auburn will split Arkansas and Tennessee, and I think he's right. I think, Auburn, you pick one of these games, it's going to be hard to win both of them. November 9th at Tennessee, Trey, I'll be there at that game, and Auburn's never lost a road game while I've been there. So, or except one, they did lose one. But tell me about the Tennessee Volunteers. We we had Coach Ledon. Do you think they're going to be able to go into Rocky Top and pull the upset here? Yeah, I mean, I, I do um, not. No, I don't actually, Tarvin. Uh, I think Tennessee. I mean, like like I, we talked about when we wrote down Tennessee to start off the season. I think Tennessee's gonna have a very very tough. I mean, their schedule is brutal, but this is one of those games that they have a chance to hold serve on at home. I think I think Jonathan, you are right. I think one of those road games Auburn loses, one of them they win. Um, so I'm gonna pick this is their loss. So I think I have them six and three in this game. I think Rocky Top is gonna be an improved team, but man, that schedule is so brutal. It's gonna be hard to see. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to go into Rocky Top and win. I'm going to pick Tennessee in this game probably. I mean, I'm back and forth with it, but I, I do agree with losing 
one out of these two, and I just don't think Arkansas has the weapons. Now, Tennessee has some talent on that team, um, a great coaching staff, Butch Jones and them. This is a toss-up, guys, and I have to pick them to lose somewhere right here, and it's going to be at Tennessee if I'm going to pick one. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Tarvin. I mean, this is a – two games on the road in our SEC is always tough, especially – uh, when you're talking about new coaches and new sort of program invigoration. So uh, that moves us to Saturday, November 19th, uh, at home against the Georgia Bulldogs, Tarvin. Um, you know, this is a game that I think you and I both have Georgia really slipping in the SEC this year, but this is a game that I don't think they slip past. I, mean, I know this is a huge rivalry. This will be a game that and both teams are up for. Uh, if Georgia's struggling the way they did, I think they will this year. I think this could even be a bigger struggle if, the, if there's sort of been a, a point for giving up. If 38 to zero is not going to happen this year, Tarvin. No, I look for this game to be competitive. Actually, uh, this game is a big rivalry, but but Auburn has to look at it. We're three and nine last year. We have to build on that. I mean, Georgia is going to take a step back, but they do give Auburn trouble in Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh, I pick Georgia in this game to win just because of what they did last season and what they I know they lost some defense, but they still have Aaron Murray and he is a proven quarterback in this conference. And they were just a pass away from making the championship. So I'm gonna pick Georgia in this game. Yeah, I mean I agree, Carvin. This is gonna be a lot closer than it was last year, but it's not gonna be the same. I think Georgia gets by um not easy but but not by still goal. So that that's four losses in my book for Auburn with a with a bye week going into the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I just look for Auburn to come in and play hard in this one. I remember when in 2009 when Malzahn came into Auburn, when it came into Jordan-Hare, Alabama came in big favorites and almost lost the game. I mean, it, Auburn has talent on this team, but it all depends on Nick Marshall, really, and the quarterback play, how they do this season. And to beat Alabama, I mean, it's possible. This is the Iron Bowl, but I can't pick them to beat Alabama just yet, Trey. I have to see more out of the quarterback play and see how they're going to do there. I mean, Alabama has recruited top in the country for the last five years. It's just hard to beat them right now. Yeah, I mean, this this game, I don't think Auburn's ready for it just yet. I mean, we'll see. I mean, if, if some of these games go opposite, maybe this is a, a much different type of game. But, I mean, you know, last year it was 49 to nothing. I don't think it's going to be like that, Tarvin. I think you're still going to see like a 30 to 13 type of score. I think Alabama is just too good still. Um, but you know who knows? If the Iron Bowl, anything can happen. I give uh, Auburn their fifth loss in this game, though. Yeah, I have them. Um, it looks like I said seven and five all year. Eight and four would be a dang good season for Auburn guys. If Auburn goes eight and four this year and plays competitively. I mean, they get a bowl game. They probably get a good Outback Bowl or Chick Fil A Bowl, something like that. It's better than three and nine, and they have something to build on. Their recruiting class this year is all depending on how good they do on the field this year. Trey, eight and four or uh, seven and five would be a great season right now, considering what happened last year. And before we move on, Tino is on the line and and he wants to discuss the Auburn Tigers. We've had some studio issues here, and I just saw him. Tino, what's up, buddy? What's going on, man? How you guys doing? Oh, doing good, good, man. Tell us about your thoughts on the Tigers this year. Dude, I'm hearing some background noise. No, that, that's my son in the background. Yeah, I think he wants to talk on the phone, too. I don't know. He was, we had the youngest caller last year. This is a two-year-old, so I think he might be the youngest caller this year. I don't know. Hey, but uh, about the Seminoles earlier and the hurricanes, I wanted to talk about that. 
I, I think that the Noles are, are um, they're they're gonna be a good team this year, man. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty good. But in the ACC, I mean, there's not a lot of competition out there. And Trey, you said the Hurricanes win the ACC. I said the ACC Coastal. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. All right. Well, back to Auburn, man. I, I really think I agree with Tarvin. I see a seven or eight win season for Auburn for Auburn this year. Easy. But um, I mean the Alabama game is definitely. Yeah, we're gonna have to mute that call right quick, Tino. Sorry about that, bud. Press number one when you can right now, and then press number one when you can come back on. Uh, we'll get back to him, Trey. But I mean, do you, do you agree that even a seven and five win team trade would be amazing right now for this program? Oh, I think it's a step in the right direction, and that's what Auburn desperately needs. I, mean, I think Tino Sun picked Auburn to go 12-0 and 0 right there. I might go with him, actually. <laughs> but, well, I, mean, I think he was excited, excited to be on the radio. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but since Auburn's my team, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about him. I mean, Ellis Johnson as a defensive coordinator is, is really going to – the biggest improvement you'll see this year from Auburn is they'll be back to that SEC defense again. Looking at hearing the practices, seeing what's coming out, there's depth finally, and I, and I do like the four-two-five defense. It helps Auburn with the linebacker depth issues, Trey. When you can when you can play two linebackers in a star position, I think it helps you be able to develop those those young guys and give them some experience. But it doesn't hurt you in the game as much. What do you think about the four-two-five that Ellis Johnson brings to to kind of help with this spread offense they run? Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that there's a lot of, you know, we see new new play calling, new changes, new coaches. You know, I think it's I think it's a good decision, um, but you know, you still have to make sure the personnel are in place, and you know, hopefully Auburn has that for Auburn's sake. But it's going to be a learning curve for some of these guys who aren't built for that system. Yeah, and Trey, we have Tino back on. We'll see if we can hear Tino. You there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here, man. Sorry about that, man. The pizza man was at the door. My son nutted up. He was scared. He didn't hear him. But um, no, nah, back to back to Auburn, man. I really think. Let me cut the radio down. Huh? I really think that Auburn's gonna go. I, I see eight wins. You know, pretty much. That's what I really know we're gonna get. But it's it, we're gonna be in a lot of other ball games that we can or can't win. And those games are LSU, Georgia. Um. I really think we're going to beat Texas A&M because the guys are pissed about that game last year. And um, But the other game is Arkansas on the road. We should win that one. But that's going to be a tough game. That's a hostile environment for us. And then, of course, the Alabama game. I mean, because at the end of the day, Alabama is a, is a real good team. I take nothing from them. I don't know if our quarterback play is going to be, you know, at, at that point is it going to be that good. Do I think it can be? Yes. But do I know for sure? No. But I know we'll win seven games. And from that point on, it's up to how much heart we have on our team, what else we can do. Because we definitely have the talent right now. Well, tell us about the uh, quarterback situation, what you're hearing down there. Who is Gus Malzahn going to name the top two going into this week's practice? I mean, if I had to pick, man, I mean, honestly, from what I see in practice, I mean, me personally, I mean, I'm not on the coaching staff, but I just watch what I see. I would say that that, that, that Jeremy Johnson and – uh and Nick Marshall as of today. But, I mean, it's kind of like day-to-day, you know. But Nick Marshall, uh, the more and more he's learning this playbook, you're starting to see his confidence build and build and build. And as we all know, once you got confidence with talent, anything is possible, you know. So if he can can get his swag built up where where he understands the playbook and he goes out there confident, 
then it's amazing what he can do. Frazier has the talent. I don't right now, you know, he's going through some things and some changes from last year to this year that they're slowing his progression down. Wallace, he he, he knows the playbook better than any of them, but you know, he, he's going through some issues right now with challenging, with competing for the position, but I would say Nick Marshall is definitely the front runner and Jeremy Johnson as of today is a close second. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I I think I think Nick Marshall is the quarterback for this system. I, I think you don't you don't redshirt Johnson right now. You let him play some in case if you need him. And you I don't think you redshirt a guy like him. I think he's very talented and they can find a way to use him. But Tino, yeah. man, I appreciate you calling in, buddy, and and joining us tonight and breaking down the Auburn Tigers with us, Trey. So it seems like a consensus. Everybody seems to think that that Auburn's going to be a lot better than last year and make a bowl game. Well, I mean, they have the talent. I mean, that's that's the problem is, you know, if you're an Auburn fan, you have to be um, very disappointed you can't, that you didn't win a game last year in the SEC. I mean, the fact that you had a roster that, that definitely had the talent to win some games. So if you recognize some of that talent on the field and you utilize your talent at all, um, the Malazan should win games, not to mention their out-of-conference schedule is, is cake. Um, and so super easy out-of-conference yeah. game. Yeah, they're going to win. They're going to win more than three just, just for those games alone. Yeah, and you need those. I mean, this is a perfect year to not start out with a Clemson or or Oregon, somebody like that, that you know you can come in and win. But trust me, I mean, Arkansas State, that second game is no pushover. Mississippi State's a losable game. Ole Miss is a losable game. I mean, you look at their schedule, they have four games that they're going to win for sure. And then there's some other games that they they could lose every one of them. I mean, Arkansas is not as good. I think they'll win. Tennessee, I think, honestly, I think Auburn has the team to beat them, but how will they be playing on the road that time of year? I mean, you could flip a coin in a lot of these games, and that's that's really all you can do. How healthy can Auburn stay? Because that's one thing that concerns a lot of the Auburn people is the depth, especially on defense. So you start losing players, getting them nicked up early in the season, Trey, it could be bad come November. Oh, yeah, it could be bad when you're talking about those road games later on, for sure. Yeah. Well, Trey, in closing tonight, I hope you have your rant ready. You know, Tarvin, I, I do. And, you know, Tarvin, I, I want to talk to you about something that you and I maybe need to, to be careful about. I don't know if you heard about this story, but um, Jack Clark, the former slugger from the St. Louis uh, Cardinals, he went on a rant. Uh, on Albert Pujols, and he said uh, that he knew a trainer um, who personally testified or personally told Clark that he was injecting Pujols with steroids, and uh, Pujols got pretty mad at that uh, and uh, threatened to sue both uh, Jack Clark and his little co-host. And, Tarvin, those guys are looking for jobs now. They were canned. So, you know, my my rant tonight is, Tarvin, is you shouldn't go on the air, you shouldn't go on Twitter. I've said this kind of stuff before. And just make up stuff. I mean, you know, as as you know, if you're on the air and you know, they and Blog Talk Radio has given us uh, the ability to come on the air and talk to you guys out there. I think there's some responsibility that needs to be had uh, for us to to say things that we believe are are, are true. And, and if we just are making stuff up, then we should say, hey, I'm just making this up. I mean, sometimes we do uh, go off on little tangents and do that, but we're very clear that we're not. You know, these are our personal thoughts, and we're basing them on no facts. So, you know, I think John Clark needs to learn a lesson there. If you're going to make an accusation, you better not just make it up. Well, the thing is, if you'll know if this is true or not 
when if Pujols sues. If he sues, you know Pujols is telling the truth because if he's suing somebody, everything comes out of the closet. So, you know, they'll find out and do some digging, and Pujols will be under oath. So I think you've heard the end of this. I don't think Pujols is going to sue because, you know, unless he didn't do it. So Jack Clark, should he lose his job for this? I just think, why now? Why do you come out right now and say this? Is it because you now are on radio and you have a show you're trying to pump up? But even if he did do it, Trey, I don't think you come out on air and say it like that. I think it was just a bad form to do that on right now with all this going on with steroids. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think Poole has to sue. Even if he's a completely clean player, which, you know, I mean, there's nothing that, that we have information-wise that said anything otherwise other than people's personal, you know, people think the game's tainted, and every player who's good right now is tainted. I mean, there's certainly people who think that, and they're justified because, I mean, so many of the big stars have, have ended up being caught on the steroid scandal. But, you know, for Poole's sake, I mean, he's done. He got these guys fired, and that says something about um, – you know, about about this kind of stuff, you know. I mean, I, the chat room's telling us that Pujols is filing a lawsuit. I'm not so sure that's true until it's actually filed uh, in, in yeah. court. But, you know, there are no lawsuits, but we'll see, Tarvin. Yeah, I mean, you file a suit, Pujols, and, and guarantee you they're gonna these lawyers are going to pull stuff out of the closet. You could be found. Something could happen right there. I think Pujols is just, should be happy that he's fired and move on with it. Because I don't know about you, Trey, but I'm, I'm sure Pujols' name has been out there with speculation of steroids for a long time, whether he used them or not. You can say, I think Pujols used steroids. I could just, you know, your opinion, but you can't go say, well, he, I saw him get injected in the butt and stuff, and it'd be a lie. That's when you, you can start damaging the character of an individual like that. And Pujols is mad about it. And also another name, Justin Verlander, was mentioned by Jack Clark, right? Yeah, he, he actually kind of mentioned Verlander in another sort of side-swiping, overarching, no-evidence statement. But, you know, the thing about this is, you know, it, it just you, know, you guys are, you know, they put these guys on the radio, and, and if they're going to, I mean, the story he made up, and, and I'm saying he made it up because the, the network clearly didn't believe him. I mean, and if you're a journalist, and I'm not saying Jack Clark is a journalist, but if you're a journalist and you work for a newspaper or for a broadcast journalism place, and you have a source, then you can tell, hey, this is my source where I got it from, and they're going to back you. And you see that time and time again. Well, the fact that Jet Park was, was canned uh, tells me a lot about, about what he was saying and its truthfulness. Yeah, I, I don't think Pulos is going to sue, honestly. I don't. I mean, you've got all this money and and all this stuff. What are you trying to get? I mean, if you didn't do it, just just brush it off and go on with it. I don't think many people are listening to Jack Clark, for God's sake, and his opinion right now and the timing of it. If he knew this and he knew it was true, why wait 10 years? Why not come out when it happened and say something about it? So that's where the – whether Kuhl's did it or not, I, I just don't agree with the way Jack Clark did it. But, Trey, we're liable, just like you said. I mean, if we come out there spreading lies and stuff about someone damaging their reputation, I mean, we we could be sued. Well, like I said, you know, it's one of the things that you know I see on Twitter all the time, and I see on these things people like to, to to get their name out there with some sort of shock jock mentality, and it's never been our style. And I don't like to people who have that style. You know, if you and I have our personal opinions, it may be out of line. We always say, hey, "This is what I think." You know, just like you know, you may think that that Crash Davis or Crush Davis is on steroids, and that's fine. That's your opinion. Uh, we're not out there saying that we you know we saw him inject, or we're just saying that you know. 
He looks mm-hmm. bigger than normal. Yeah, <laughs> and that's our yeah. opinion, and we're, we're entitled to it. Yeah, Barry Bonds never tested positive for a drug test or, you know, for steroids, but his, his head's the size of a picnic ham. So I can use, you know, my <laughs> my judgment and my math and, and, and see if he was on them. Of course he was, in my opinion. You know, he was on them, and there's a lot of people that's on them, but Pujols has every right to be mad whether he did it or not. I mean, there's no reason to come out there and, and air this on the radio, but kudos for the station for firing the guys. It's showing that they're not standing for that kind of, uh, you know, attention, trying to get it, and that kind of, uh, it's, I mean, it's like, uh, what's that thing? I can't even think of it right now. Like that magazine that tells all the, the Inquirer or something like that. It's all about rumors and stuff. I, if I'm a radio person, I don't want to just spread rumors. I want facts and then give my opinion. I just don't want to spread rumors about people. That's just a, a, a good way to lose your credibility, Trey. No, absolutely, absolutely. So that, that's my rant for tonight, Tarvin. Um, you know, just be care- be careful when you make stuff off there, guys. Exactly. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, tonight. We're going to cut it out right now at around 10.30, and we're going to pick it up full pace starting Wednesday night. We're going to start digging into some of these, the bigger teams, Trey, and I think Wednesday night might be the night we do the Florida State Seminoles. Well, uh, here, here's a, here's my question for you, Tarvin, is, is when is our last night for previews? The last night for, for previews are going to go the Sunday before the season starts that Thursday. So we're going to finish the Sunday night in three weeks. So two I'd, weeks say our last, I'd say our last night, Tarvin, we need to do the national champions, Alabama, and Florida State that night. End it with some when it with some color. Uh, and then uh, let, let's do uh, – how about, how about Oklahoma State, Tarvin, and then another team? Why not Florida State? Are they that good or something? I don't think Florida State's done anything for a long time. Well, I mean, uh, other than win the SEC, <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm working, I'm working on a guess. I'm working on a guess for us, so that's why. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll do Oklahoma State, and then let's see who we want to do. Have we done UCLA yet? No, we haven't. Okay, let's do UCLA. UCLA and Oklahoma State it is, Tarvin. And then in the I'll let you pick the AFC where you want to go in that. Oh, let's go to the Central. All right, the AFC Central. That ought to be interesting. And, again, thanks, everyone, for joining in tonight with us. We had a good time. It's time to put it in high gear now. Football season is getting close, so I hope everybody's enjoying our previews. Whether you agree or disagree, I hope you you enjoy it. And uh, we are staff pick for this show starting Tuesday night at midnight. And just oh, I'm sorry, to let Tarvin. everybody know. For Central, Central, I meant South, Tarvin. I know they changed. Central, I meant South. That's right. That's right. Sorry, Trey. I take your word for this stuff as I'm, as I'm multitasking over here. <laughs> but, hey, I yeah, can sorry, guarantee Paul. you we're talking about Oklahoma State and UCLA. I can guarantee you nothing's changed with those two right now. So. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining tonight. Tino for calling in. Jason Humphrey, Cuervo. We appreciate it, everybody in the chat room. Uh, join us Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to give you a, a better show than tonight, probably. We're going to get better every night. But, Trey, great job as always. Thanks for being the co-host of this fine show here, and thanks, everybody, for listening, getting our numbers up there, Trey. So maybe we can get into that top ten on Block Talk Radio before long. Hey, you know, top 30, we're moving on up. 
Moving on up, guys. But again, thanks everybody, and we will see you Wednesday night at nine Eastern, nine PM Eastern. Tell everybody about our show, all your friends and family, and uh, Trey. Let me know about that interview, and take care. We'll see you Wednesday, bud. See you later.